Rainbow said yesterday that um, at some point while you're in hospitals that he was going to beat your butt. That wasn't the word that he used, but did you have any response for that? In golf? <laughs> I think he, I think he meant on the football field. <laughs> well, I'm sure there will come a day, you know. Let's go right here in the middle of the damn field. Let's bring it down, Tigers on three. Hell yeah! Because this is our house from now on. Yes, sir. Tigers on three. One, two, three. Tigers! But I'm going to tell you this. We ain't done yet. i got to ask you about the message on your shirt. Uh, my favorite holiday of the year, I guess. And, you know, so just, um... Someone gave me a shirt, and Merry Christmas, they spelled it wrong. So, you know, it was free. Coach, it's a great day for you, huh? That's a, yeah, it's better than average, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that, that <laughs> we played LSU because, you know, New England, Green Bay, and the Chiefs uh, had somebody scheduled. You know what we're going to do, though? We've got to quickly call the Hogs for the race. Yep. <laughs> the fact you're dressed as Darth Vader, do you feel like you were somewhat of a villain in this fight? I mean, you charged out on the field pretty hard. I was trying to get our players off the field, you know, because I know we have a big game next week. All I want to do is fucking eat. I want you to eat. I want you to eat. I want you to want this shit. Do you want it? Do you want it? Show me. Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, not much, man. Just uh, sitting here sporting my tea public. Uh, that SEC Podcast shirt, so check it out. I got the... Uh, Texas A&M one on today, so head on over the the links in the show notes, and uh, if you're watching on YouTube, it's at the bottom there as well. But man, I'm feeling great. We are right around two weeks away from we'll be sitting here in game week previewing these games, and yeah. the off season has just flown by. You know what? Heck yeah, as actually, I think this is the quickest off season that I can remember in years past. Of course, I, maybe I say that every year, but <laughs> I don't know. I I just think coming off last year, going into this season, I've never been more amped up. And I thought it would move a little bit slower, like when you were a kid and you're waiting for Christmas and it felt like it would never get there. That's kind of what it's been here the last couple of weeks. But I'm going to tell you that countdown's really been helping me out, Mike. You counting it down. So what are we on now? Day how many? Uh, right now we're at day 17 away oh. from the college football. And that does not include the Tennessee opener. So we're really 15 days away from the start of uh, at least Tennessee season. That's two weeks, baby. That's two weeks. Some people take two-week vacation, you know. <laughs> That's not that far. So two weeks, and we're going to have real college football. Now, it's Tennessee, so <laughs> just kidding. It should be exciting. I think I'm, I'm amped up. But uh, two weeks, I'm ready, brother. Well, absolutely. And, uh, you know, one guy that uh, we know for a fact does not watch college football, even though he makes probably about $20 million a year, and that's uh, old Stephen A. Smith because he had to talk about LaMichael P. Ryan, of course, the uh, outstanding Florida Gators running back. Now he's with the Jets, so Stephen A.'s got to pretend he knows who he is. Uh, let's <laughs> kick it on over to Stephen A. Yeah, forgive me if I don't pronounce the name correctly. I'm just reading. I don't know. I apologize if I don't pronounce it correctly. Lamical or Lamical Perrin or Perrin? All right, Shane, as soon as I saw this clip, I was thinking, Shane's bad with names, but he's never butchered one quite like this. No, man, that's horrible. The Michael P. Ryan. No, I, I thought it was funny because Stephen A. Smith, you remember when he did the punter and he was talking about all the quarterbacks some team had, and I guess apparently one of the punters threw a pass, so he, he I guess he looked at the stats and just, just called out that they had three quarterbacks on the team when they actually only had two and the punter just threw the ball one time. So I love, I mean, it's, it's Stephen A. Smith, just sometimes he just needs to stay in his lane, man. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. And, uh, well, hey, speaking of that, Eli Drigwitz, Missouri, we got, uh, you know, we don't have an update from the team necessarily, but I did want to bring this to the attention of Missouri fans because I thought this would be 
something that, of course, uh, if they hadn't seen already, they're going to get fired up about. But the nation's number one receiver, Shane, he's a he's a recruit there from East St. Louis, right in the neighborhood there of uh, Columbia, Missouri, Luther Burden. He'd been committed to Oklahoma for a little while, publicly announced his decommitment. And this comes after multiple visits to Missouri. Uh, now, I know Missouri's not the only one after him. Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss, all those SEC programs are after Luther Burden. But, you know, there's a lot of speculation that Missouri may be closing in on, you know, just a five-star receiver, the nation's number one receiving prospect. And hand it to Eli, man. He's pretty sly on this social media. He got him a new five-star ride. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm not saying he's he's throwing this out there, but he threw this uh, five-star out for a reason. Check it out here if you're watching on YouTube. We, we're showing uh, Eli Drinkowitz's new Mercedes. But, man, it's pretty exciting times from if you're a Missouri football fan, don't you think? Yeah, and them new kicks, man. Look at them. <laughs> I think he just wore them for that picture, man. <laughs> this is what this is the new age of college football, man. And you know, you think of a team like like Mizzou, this is this could be your program. The number one recruit, wide receiver, he could be the face of your franchise, if you will. So I, I think that's what Eli's Eli. I don't know if they if they're intertwined here or not, but it was a hell of a move the same the same day that he decommitted from Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Well, Shane, hey, before we go around the league, we got some great comments uh, from uh, from all across the SEC. I thought uh, you know with these training camps, believe it or not, they're winding down already. Uh, you know, Tennessee just had their second scrimmage. We're going to talk about it in just a moment here. But um, I've got a list of about 10 newcomers across the SEC that, uh, you know, that I'm hearing buzz about in training camp that uh, – and some of these names made uh, themselves known in spring football as well, and it's just carried over to training camp. So uh, you ready to talk about some breakout candidates in the SEC? Oh my gosh, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> this is my favorite topic going into fall. So yes, let's talk about the breakouts. We should have like an intro for this thing. Thanks for assigning me more work, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no intro. <laughs> That's your intro. <laughs> All right, starting uh, at Alabama, I think this is uh, a name I no surprise to the Crimson Tide fans after he uh, was such a standout in the spring game. But uh, freshman receiver Ajay Hall, and I think he is someone, based on what I'm hearing, is going to make an instant impact for the Alabama Crimson Tide and Bill O'Brien's system down there. So, uh, you know, you still got John Menchie. You still got Billingsley, the outstanding tight end. But uh, th there's a lot of you know catches and, and plays to be made on that Alabama offense this season, and I think the freshman Ajay Hall is going to slide right in there. May even uh, start for the Crimson Tide before long. So he's the one I'm really hearing about, along with uh, you know not really a newcomer, but someone we've yet to see on the field. I keep hearing a, a ton about Trey Sanders, and as yeah. he finally is uh, looking healthy, heading into a season. Look for Sanders and Ajay Hall to be two breakout candidates for the Crimson Tide. What kind of – just curious uh, as a – I've heard the name Hall, but I've not watched any film on him. So what what, what kind of tangibles is he – what kind of size is this guy? Is he, a, is he more of a slot receiver or is he a big-time, you know, outside threat? Or what's what's he look like? Yeah, he kind of – you know, I, I hate to even throw these comparisons because people think – now I'm saying this guy's going to be, you know, NFL performer, all SEC. But he yeah. kind of reminds me of AJ Green, like a okay. like a tall, lengthy receiver that, uh, uh, you know, he, he can beat you with speed certainly. But I don't think speed is is necessarily his game. Uh, mm -hmm. More of a more of a weapon. Uh, you're going to throw the ball up to him, and he's going to be the one that comes down with it. Man, you hear all them Tide fans moving to the edge of their seat right now. <laughs> they got A.J. Green on that team? What? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just – it's hard to put those kind of comparisons on a, on a freshman. You know what? Love it. Love it. Now, for uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks, one guy that I keep hearing great things about, running back A.J. Green. Running back. They, <laughs> <No>. they... <laughs> Wait, is that his name? I swear I did not uh, – I did not – 
make the comparison with Hall because of this. But yeah, he's from, uh, I believe he's from Oklahoma. They really need a, a number two running back to emerge there. And not only do I think that could be green, but uh, he's going to make an impact on special teams as, as a returner too, I believe. So uh, if you're an Arkansas Razorback fan looking for a number two behind Traylon Smith, I think that guy is going to be green. Okay. And now, I don't want to compare him to anybody, but I mean, are we talking to Man, I don't got guy? a comparison for every one of these guys, but he's a speed I'm demon. Sorry. I mean, I, th- okay. I, th- I think he ran like a 10, 8, 100 meters. I mean, this guy is quick as That's hell. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Just like a, a quick so – we don't need the whole story, Mike. We just need a synopsis <laughs> of what you're talking about. Is this kid shifty or is he going to run people over? That's what I want to know. I got gotcha. you. No, and I think that's just going to make him a natural fit for this uh, this okay. offense that goes quick as hell. You know what? Yeah, man. Pass catcher, just throwing that out. Huh? We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. All right, uh, Auburn. Now, I think this is uh, someone we've been hearing a ton about. And- AJ Green. <laughs> No, sir, the uh, Vanderbilt transfer, Donovan Kaufman. So oh, okay. he played uh, some safety there for Vanderbilt before he went down to injury. Now it sounds like he's going to shift inside, maybe be a nickelback. But uh-huh. I think, uh, you know, he's really got a leg up, so to speak, already playing for Derek Mason. He, he's going to know multiple positions in that secondary. I expect to see Donovan Kaufman on the field immediately for the Auburn Tigers. And while he's not a true freshman, he, you know, he's only played, I believe, two games at Vanderbilt, but still a newcomer for the Tigers. And uh, I, I think he might be one of their better players uh, in the secondary this year. Yeah, the only phone call Derek Mason made when he left. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about this name? Uh, let's, uh, you know, I've been hearing so much buzz about uh, Georgia receiver A.D. Mitchell waiting for, uh, you know, there's there's. Balls to be caught now with uh, Pickens out and Arik Gilbert. We don't know his status, if, if he's going to play to start the season or if I, if at all. So uh, Georgia's got plenty of options, but A.D. Mitchell is a guy that going back to spring and now coming into training camp, just hearing so much about this was a guy that uh, Lane Kiffin found and they got him. I think they had him committed at one point, but, you know, when Kirby picks up the phone and, and his yeah. University of Georgia, they I believe they were able to steal him away from the Ole Miss Rebels, and that had to have broken Lane Kiffin's heart that day. You know what? Oh, yeah. He got an alert when he found out. He's like, wait, Kiffin's after who? Sign him <laughs> up. <laughs> Get him on the phone. <laughs> All right, for the Kentucky Wildcats, I mean, there there's really only one option here, uh, and we've talked about this guy at length, but – uh, he's lived up to the billing, and that's got to be Wandell Robinson, the the transfer in from Nebraska where, you know, I think this is going to be a deal where, you know, I don't want to put too much praise on him, but I think he's going to lead the team in catches and receiving yards and total yards. And, I mean, he's going to play all over the field, and if he's utilized properly, uh, I think he's going to be an all-SEC-type performer for the Kentucky Wildcats in their new offense. Okay. So – Jack of all traits. Now, is this a big guy, small guy? What? Anything? Uh, he's kind of a smaller, shiftier. He's going to be a okay. slot receiver, which is okay. uh, which is something they desperately need there in Lexington right now. I like it. All right, now how about LSU? Two guys standing out here, both from the same position. You know, we've talked at length about uh, Mason Smith, so I thought that was a little bit too obvious. The the freshman that's wearing number zero on the defensive line. So I didn't want to go with Mason Smith, even though I'm hearing good things. But Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, where I think they're two receivers where, you know, LSU's got Kayshawn Boutte, yeah, who may be one of the best receivers in the country this year. But And, and while they have guys like DeRay, DeRay Jenkins uh, behind them, they, they really need some other guys to step up if they're really going to go back to the Joe Brady-style offense to where they can go four and five wide at all times. They need some of these young guys to step up. They brought in about – four or five freshman receivers. And uh, according to what I'm hearing, neighbors and Thomas here are the best of the bunch. So I think they're going to get a lot of run this year in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder what kind of NIL deals, uh, Boutte's receiving down there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> plenty on Instagram. If I had to guess, you know, what? <laughs> all right, jumping down to uh, South Carolina. Of course, we've mentioned this name a number of times, but, uh, you know, I really like to 
not go completely off hype, but go off, uh, you know, what's happening on the practice field and buzzing the uh, facility there. And everything I'm hearing, EJ Jenkins, the six foot seven receiver slash tight end, is living up to the hype. And now that it looks like Jason Brown may be the starting quarterback week one for the for the uh, South Carolina Gamecocks here, uh, he's obviously already played with uh, EJ Jenkins. So uh, I think EJ Jenkins is a guy that's really going to live up to the hype for. Uh, the Gamecocks this season. Did you say six foot seven? Yes, sir. He's a beast. He's oh, a legit six foot seven. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you're going to stop him near the red zone. You know what? <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, Luke, when he gets back out there, he's got him a target, don't he? <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one's hell, for you. Hell, you can't overthrow that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one's for you, Shane. Uh, Tennessee Vols. Uh, two guys here. Byron Young, the pass rusher, continue to hear great things. We just had Ben uh, McKee on the show last week talking up, you know, everything that we saw in the spring that has translated to the fall. So look for Byron Young to be, uh, you know, Tennessee's probably their best pass rusher this season. And then the guy that uh, we didn't get to see in the spring, but comes with a ton of hype and has lived up to it from all indications is uh, the running back Tyon Evans. Number one rated junior college running back. The uh, running back coach, Jerry Max, out here saying he kind of reminds him of Terrell Davis, the <laughs> former Georgia legend that, of course, went on to uh, become NFL MVP. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, certainly when you get that type of, of praise from your position coach, you know Tyon Evans is the real deal. Absolutely. I've seen a lot. Of course, obviously, I've seen these videos, but <laughs> I've seen a lot of hot videos coming out from this kid. So he's looking pretty damn good, Mike. All right, two more. Texas A&M, continue to hear the buzz about uh, Eucalypt Brown. I was on uh, Tex-Ags last week and said the same thing, and then uh, they were saying he was starring at practice this week. So uh, Texas A&M needs a, a speedy receiver on the outside to emerge mm-hmm. this season. You know, they, they do have Caleb Chapman coming back. They've got Demas, the, the former five-star. So they've got some options. But the one that uh, I continue to hear standing out is Eucalypt Brown. So – he was not the uh, he was a four star, but he was not one of the highest rated guys they signed in the last class. But look for him to make a, an impact immediately for the Aggies, and and that would just be huge for the new quarterback they got coming in. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, Vanderbilt, Allen Wright, a uh, defensive back, and, and he's going to return kicks as well for the Commodores. And he is actually the the younger brother of Mike Wright, the quarterback. So yeah. I'm hearing a lot of good things about Allen Wright. And we all know Vanderbilt, uh, they're going to need some of these guys they just signed to come in and make an instant impact and look for Allen Wright to see the field early and af- often there in Nashville. Especially at kick returning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Shane, but uh, that's enough about me spieling about uh, some breakout players. You ready to kick it around the league? Let's do it. Now let's go around the league. My my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So uh, I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why, why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. Uh, we'll play anybody you can get to play us. At Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys, hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, Shane, so uh, starting here, of course, in uh, South Carolina, where, man, we've had an interesting uh, couple of days here in Columbia. We just saw, if you missed it, Luke Doty's, uh, he's met with the media. We'll kick it over to him in just a moment, but he came in on one of those scooters with his leg in a cast, and yeah, I mean, I hope he can see the field as soon as possible, <laughs> but it, I don't know. I mean, I'm not uh, seeing him playing week one if he's right now on a scooter, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm trying to keep the positive vibes and the positive thinking going, but, man, it's it's tough to see that in two weeks. 
Right, so what have the Gamecocks done? They've gotten pretty creative here, Shane. I've, I don't know that I've ever heard of this in a training camp. I'm sure it's happened before, but they took a graduate assistant, a member of the coaching staff, uh-huh. took his whistle off, gave him pads and a, and a helmet and said, get your ass out there. So uh, they have Zeb Noland is this guy's name. He was a, a GA. Now he's on the football team as a quarterback. Uh, he was at North Dakota State. Uh, previously he was the backup to Trey Lance who's uh, now with the 49ers first round pick and he was previously at Iowa State so I mean just just a wild story you know what yeah this is straight out of Armadillo's uh, playbook (laughs) here (laughs) I'd be calling him Sinbad he was up there teaching they're like hell you got another year eligibility come on down (laughs) yeah I mean I I guess this is only an option because of last year and the free year of eligibility, you know what? So yeah. I don't know how this works out, but uh, I would certainly assume that this is just in an, like a break glass in case of an emergency type quarterback, but, uh, but hell, is it, well, let me ask you, Mike, is it, is it, I mean, the fact <laughs> that you would even go through, like if you in your, in the back of your mind, thought Doty was going to come back in two weeks, maybe even three weeks. Mm-hmm. Would you really get a grad assistant, you know, a helmet, just put down the clipboard, get out here and start slinging the rock? I mean, are, are you panicking or is this just, are we just overthinking this thing? Um, I just think it's a wild story and they need some arms in camp because, yeah. uh, I mean, all indication, Jason Brown, I know he's coming up from the FCS level, but uh, I don't think, you know, he's terrible or anything like that. And, all the buzz on uh, the true freshman Colton Gutier is is positive. So I don't, but they got nothing behind that. I mean, they got a couple of walk-ons behind those right. guys. So yeah, I don't know. I think this is, uh, and they've got to carry on Joiner, who's who's you know a receiver now, but now he's taking quarterback reps. But right. I think the fact that they're moving receivers over, they're moving grad assistants over. I think they're just you know really protecting themselves in case of some catastrophic injuries here and in the first couple of weeks of the season. But yeah. if nothing else is, I mean, I hate to even say this, we're going to get to Luke Doty here in just a second, but this leads me to believe that, uh, you know, he may not be back very soon because I just, if he's back in a week or two, I don't understand why you're pulling this move. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So let's kick it over to Shane Beamer, who uh, kind of breaks down this, uh, this decision. And then uh, we also got Luke Doty here on uh, him, trying to get back for week one and, and what, uh, what all entails with that. And I'm sure the big topic of conversation is the new quarterback that was out there. Uh, Zeb Nolan was practicing with us today, as you saw. I've known Zeb for a long time. He's a, he arrived here in June as a graduate assistant coach with eligibility uh, still remaining. So as a graduate assistant, you're able to practice with the team, and, and that's what he uh, did today. Uh, I saw Zeb uh, 2007, excuse me, 2018, uh, Oklahoma and Kyler Murray and C.D. Lamb and Marquise Hollywood-Brown and that squad that we had there in 2018 rolled in Ames, Iowa, Iowa uh, and had a shootout against Zeb Nolan and the Iowa State Cyclones. I think it was 37 to 27 or something like that, back and forth game. Uh, Zeb's dad's a high school coach over in Georgia, known him for a long time. He transferred from Iowa State, went to North Dakota State. He was Trey Lance's backup, the first round pick of the 49ers. Uh, He's got great experience. And most importantly, he has played in a football game a heck of a lot more recent than anybody else on this team. North Dakota State had a spring football season uh, in the playoffs. Uh, Obviously, they typically go a long, long way in the playoffs. Uh, So while our guys were going through spring practice, Zeb was actually playing in games. Um, This is something that we've been talking about, the possibility of potentially doing uh, for a while. It wasn't like any, we weren't discussing it before Luke got hurt. We were, you know, just from a from a depth standpoint. It's not a reflection of our quarterback room at all. Uh, fact of the matter is, I would say most college football programs in the country, I don't know, I haven't called every single program, but I can't imagine any of them are practicing with only three quarterbacks right now. I know last – Hey, Luke, um, after Saturday's scrimmage, Shane was said there was like, you know, like a, a, a sprain. Can you talk about the initial diagnosis and kind of what it's what, what happened in those first 24 hours, what they initially were telling you? Yeah, I mean, it, it is a, a midfoot sprain, um, and that's, that's pretty much it. Um, you know, the – 
recovery time is pretty good. Um, it's, it's definitely we got a definitely a positive outlook um, on everything. So uh, right now I'm just doing everything I can to get healthy um, and, and hopefully be back for week one. Luke, as far as that goes, what, what does kind of the next few weeks look like you in terms of re, for you in terms of rehab, and mm-hmm. what do you feel like you kind of have to do in terms of to, to get back to 100 percent, yeah, and be ready week one? I mean, definitely not rush anything. Obviously, um, you know, just every day, just just trying to do something to uh, you know to to get healthy, to get back in shape. Um, obviously, I'm in I'm in a boot and rolling around on a scooter, but um, you know that that won't be for long. You know, next another few days in this, and then um, you know it'll be. Full go on, on the rehab um, and and just like I said, doing everything I can to uh, to make sure I'm healthy and that I'm ready to go. Uh, you know, both physically and mentally. All right, Shane. So if nothing else, man, let's give them uh, you know credit for being creative down here in Columbia. Uh, and I I just cannot wait for the what the next week's going to bring because it's just one storyline <laughs> after another down there. You know what? Yeah, I like it, man. I mean. It it is a fun story, and they if they spin it right, these kids are going to be fine. They, you know, they, again, there's not crazy expectations on South Carolina, and that's if you that that makes for a dangerous team, if you ask me. If you're coming in like, eh, if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. You know, they have nothing to lose, so that makes them dangerous every Saturday. So, yeah, give it to give it to Shane, getting creative here. All right, Shane, next let's uh, stay in the SEC East. Let's kick it on down to Kentucky. Where, of course, Will Levis uh, won the starting quarterback job. We all know that by now. But uh, for the first time, he spoke to the media here in Lexington. And we had Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator, who, you know, not long after he got hired at Kentucky, they were hitting the portal and and grabbing Will Levis. So, uh, you know, all indications – this was his hand-picked guy, and I think, uh, you know, based on what we're hearing out of Lexington and some of these clips we're seeing of, of, of Levis throwing the ball, that, you know, they really seem to have uh, confidence in their guy under center. And, and it's kind of like what you were talking about last time you were on the show, Shane, where, you know, now this lingering question is no longer there. We know where all the reps are, and it's, it's Will Levis's team. And I think, you know, for whatever reason, this has just given me a, a lot more reason for optimism that Kentucky is going to have a really solid season. What about you? Oh, my gosh, Mike. I know how Kentucky fans feel. I had a quarterback that couldn't throw for three years. And now you've got the University of Kentucky finally – the buzz. I've got a lot of Kentucky followers, and I see it on my feed. And there's a lot of buzz coming from Lexington right now mainly about their quarterback. They've got a guy that can grip and rip back there. So there's a lot of optimism, and and uh, you can just feel it. The fans are excited. They're ready for a new chapter in the Big Blue Nation up there. Mm-hmm. Well, let's kick it over to uh, Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator, who talked about uh, the decision to go with Will Levis. And then Levis himself spoke about uh, winning the job and what he needs to improve upon now that he is uh, the team's starting signal caller. I think just Will's work ethic and, and the way he came in and ran the show. I think that his personality is one of which that guys kind of naturally follow. And um, I think that obviously you guys can see some of the arm strength talent and, and some of the things that he can do throwing the football. Now he's got to clean up some of the plays that, you know, he hasn't repped as much and hasn't gotten a ton of reps at. But I do think that um, right now he gives us the best chance to win. He talked before about, he found it in the state, he kind of got vision holding and being a running yeah, I really just kind of went back and watched some of his film from the, from the year before when he did get the opportunities to throw the ball and, and not be uh, worried about getting pulled or things like that. It really kind of referenced the Nebraska game. When in the second half, he led those guys back from a couple-point deficit and gave them a chance to win and made some plays in those situations that I thought could translate to, to this level and to our offense. And, um, Figured to give it a chance. Oh uh, no, I think that their reasoning for it made a lot of sense. Whether whoever the decision was with the new offense and uh, just the need to get as many reps as possible before this first game, we were kind of shuffling around the ones reps, and it was kind of time to lock down uh, who's going to be taking those ones throughout the rest of, the, of camp. So um, I think the decision was made at the right time, and I uh, wasn't too surprised about it. 
now that you have the job, what do you want to work on? Where, where do you need to get better between now and September 4th? Just being a leader for the team and learning how to connect with all the guys uh, the best way possible. Everyone's going to be led effectively differently, and it's just kind of Obviously, since I'm new here, I've spent these last few months getting to know these guys, but it's going to take a lot of effort to really get their trust and show that I can lead them effectively um, in whatever situation we find ourselves in. All right, Shane, and then uh, one final thing here on Kentucky that, uh, you know, I think this goes to everything that we're saying here, but uh, Darren Kennard, their outstanding offensive lineman, passed on the NFL to come back and improve his, his stock and, you know, help Kentucky kind of right the ship on that offensive side of the ball. He made it very clear that, uh, you know, after spending the last couple of seasons at right tackle and being outstanding, maybe the nation's best run blocker, you know, he really wanted to prove himself at left tackle because we all know in the NFL that's where you're getting, you know, a, a bigger paycheck than the right tackle. Yet Kentucky added Dare Rosenthal from LSU, the, who was starting at left tackle and, you know, just here a couple weeks after landing Rosenthal, uh, Kentucky is going with Rosenthal to be a left tackle, and they've kicked Kennard back to right tackle. And there doesn't seem to be any drama. Uh, Kennard is, is fully on board with that decision. But I think it speaks to, you know, the culture and the, and the, the team and the program that Mark Stoops has down there that, uh, you know, basically your star player is not doing – maybe exactly what he envisioned, what he had in mind to help his stock. He's making a decision for the best of the team. And, uh, you know, again, I just think this is a, a really great sign for the Wildcats. Yeah, no, I, I think so too, man. I mean, do you want to be a good left tackle or do you want to be one of the best right tackles in the country? I think that's the conversation they probably had. And, and who knows, sticking around may help his draft stock, even if he is on the right side of the line. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, next let's kick it on down to Baton Rouge. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to Coach Ed Ogeron and the LSU Tigers. We're one guy we cannot wait to see on the field this year. John Emery, keep talking up, is this the year <laughs> for old John Emery, the former five-star? He's got all the talent in the world, but it's his time to shine. They keep hyping up the freshman, uh, Corey Kiner and uh, Amari Goodwin, and now – you know, what does that say about John Emery? Um, I don't know. But, uh, you know, one thing about these young running backs, every time they come into college, it certainly seems like, uh, you know, there's so much buzz on them in practice and, and their ability. Mm -hmm. But the coaches often don't trust them in pass protection. That is just yeah. so critical at this level. I mean, you cannot play against uh, some of these SEC teams with their exotic blitzes and, and all that if you cannot yeah. – be protect, you know, trusted to protect the quarterback. And that's something that John Emery said that uh, Kevin Falk, you know, of course the legendary yeah. LSU and New England Patriots running back has, has really been working on with him. And then even better, I thought LSU fans, this is the key stuff here. Uh, Jake Peets, the new offense coordinator, of course, coming from the Carolina Panthers. He says uh, John Emery is going to be his new Christian McCaffrey. So let's kick it over to John Emery. Ooh. Uh, you talked about motivation earlier and, and route running and everything. Max mentioned yesterday that he has seen you working with um, Coach Falk on your route running and even uh, watching linebackers uh, uh, come down and pass blocking and everything. Uh, can you talk talk a little bit about that and and, and um, also how that motivates you and uh, how that has uh, set you apart? maybe in the running back room with your past pro? Well, um, Coach Fault, you know, he, he's been in the game. He was he was in the game for a long time. You know, he's always giving great advice, you know, as far as pass protection and, you know, running routes. He, you know, he did that. He was that type of back. You know, he was all-around back as well. And, you know, he, he, understand, he understands it. That's the advantage of having a coach that actually played football. And um, you know that has the and actually has the feel of things, you know. Um, as far as I feel like, just from my past two years, my pass protection has got way has gotten way better, way better than the last two years. And you know, as far as my route running, you know, he and also just not Kevin Fault, you know, Coach Fault helping me out as far as with routes. But 
you know, the wide receiver coaches for us, Coach Carter and, you know, Mickey Joseph, they they helping me out as well, you know. Um, but, you know, Kevin Falk, when he played with Tom Brady, he was mainly running routes too, you know, and catching the ball in the backfield. And, you know, just with every, every little thing that I do, he helps out, so. Um, Coach Peets came from an offense that had Christian McCaffrey. You're talking about being wanting to be that all-around type back. And y'all talked about that, or you know, as he talked about the role that Christian had and, and what he wants to see from you. Um, yes, of course. He, uh, you know, he always brings up Christian McCaffrey, and uh, you know, he showed me a couple of clips of him running the choice route and you know his runs. You know, and he says I can be. Just like Kristen, you know, he he says I kind of remind him is is Kristen McCaffrey. So, you know, like just me, he actually showed me clips of Kristen McCaffrey as soon as he came in, and just me seeing that, I just knew it was gonna be a perfect fit. And you know, I actually love you know the offense that we have right now. So, all right, Shane. So this is what uh, I mean, this is what you want to hear from your running back who, you know, he's trying to be the next Christian McCaffrey with uh, all the, you know, his pass catching ability and everything that uh, yeah. that makes Christian McCaffrey such a weapon there out of the backfield that can do so many things. And, you know, I understand why they're making this comparison, but you know what it sounds like to me? What? The Clydesdale a little bit. I mean, they, <laughs> they needed well, him to do everything. You know what? That's why I was, I was like, why go with that comparison when you got a first rounder that just left two years ago? So, no, I, I get it. I get it. He's it, exciting, and that's what we want. That's what we want from LSU. That's I think that's what got them to the dance two years ago. You want a guy that can do a little bit of everything, and that, that's what they're trying to create with uh, Emory here. Yeah, when the play breaks down, and, I mean, it looks like it could be a, a bust or a turnover or a sack, you know, you just never know. Maybe even a little – two-yard flip and he, he turned it into a first down you know what I mean yeah. so that that's what you need for some of your elite playmakers that's why uh, you, you get all these five stars on your squad because when you dial up the perfect play and the defense completely blows it up guys like this mm. uh, have the ability to save the day for you do you think that's what he's having trouble with though is the pass protection or or making that you know that that light switch that hey I need to get out in the backfield out of the backfield and try to catch a pass yeah, I mean, I think that's something that just about all running backs struggle with coming to this level because I don't think yeah. they're doing it in high school. And right. and for the vast majority of them, uh, they don't have to. And, and even now these days, uh, you know, high school, uh, what a lot of it is run by basically Wildcat because yeah. you just got to get – you just want the ball in your best player's hands. And John Emery was certainly the best <laughs> player every time he was on the field in high school. So I think it's just a – it really is a massive transition to, to at times to to go to these pro style offenses, for sure. And you see, I mean, you see a lot of this in the NFL too. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times you've been watching a game? You're like, why the hell they still got Mark Ingram in? You know, <laughs> because he's not going to screw up. Right. He may not. He may not be the the best athlete in the backfield anymore. But at least you know he's not going to leave his quarterback exposed, or he's going to peel out and try to catch a a check down pass. That's I mean that's tough. There's a lot that goes into to being. It's not just a running back anymore. It's not like when we were kids, Mike. No, not with, without a doubt. All right, Shane. Next, let's kick it on down to Rocky Top. When the Vols just wrapped up their second scrimmage of training camp, it's going to be the last one before. The season opener here, Shane, against Bowling Green on a Thursday night. But, uh, you know, Josh Heupel, uh, according to him, it uh, you know there was some adversity out there, if you want to call it that, with the, uh, the weather conditions. But I really love the fact that, uh, you know, his message here, they could have went indoors easily, but he likes putting his team through some of these tests. So uh, let's kick it over to Josh Heupel, who talks a little bit about that. And uh, on the quarterback reps, he doesn't want to give away anything here. And then uh, lastly, I I thought this was kind of the highlight of his uh, brief presser here, but on just the the strides this team has made since the spring. The obligatory quarterback question. I mean, how do you handicap this thing? When do you want to try to work towards making a decision on a starter? And then um, because of the rain, do you kind of like that, you know, 
you, you can't predict what's going to happen in a game. So this is kind of one of those unpredictable things that you know gets thrust upon yeah. you. Game day, you wake up. Um, no matter what the, what, the, what the report has said uh, throughout the course of the week, you got to play in the elements that you got, and we will play in a rain game. And and uh, so uh, your mindset, offense, defense, special teams, got to be that this is the right weather for us to go out and execute. It has no bearing on who we are and what we do and how we do it. And. I thought we really functioned at a pretty high level uh, on that side of the quarterback battle. Uh, Going to continue to see those guys compete. Obviously, uh, we'll go back later today and have an opportunity to watch the scrimmage. Uh, I think those guys have, have all continued to grow during the course of this three-day uh, block before we got into our scrimmage today. Coach, kind of following up on, on the quarterbacks, have you seen any separation in any of those guys through today or even through the first two weeks camp? I'm, when we see separation, we're ready to, to say something. Then, you know, come down here and, and do that. I, that that group has continued to compete and handle things the right way. And, and uh, you know, I, I like the growth of that group from from day to day. But you know, you just look from the first scrimmage to the second scrimmage, who they are during the course of the practices leading up to today. Uh, that group's continuing to trend and, and go in the right direction. I'm assuming you will not have another major scrimmage between now and and kickoff. So. As you evaluate this, is it about finding starters or is it about finding who can help you the first three or four weeks of this season, you know, and build from there? What, what, do, what are you looking for in your evaluation? It's about guys that you trust at this point. They're going to go out and compete the way that you want them to, and I'm just talking about effort, right? And then the ability to, to reset from play to play and guys that understand their alignment assignment and can communicate out there on the football field. It's never just about 11 guys, man. It's about as many guys that are going to prove that they're going to play at a high enough level to help you go win uh, and finding roles for those guys. And that's offense, defense, and, and special teams. And uh, today, right, is, is probably our ma last major scrimmage, but it's not the last piece of their development before we go out and play. Uh, we got to continue to push and strain here as, um, you know, we lead up to kickoff. How much better do you feel about the number of people you can trust now compared to a week ago, compared to a month ago, six months ago? I, th I think there's been tremendous growth in this football team. You know, you look at, at where we finished spring ball and then the guys that we've gotten back from injury, the guys that uh, have been brought in uh, through the transfer portal, uh, the development of some of our young guys. We're a much deeper football team than we were. Uh, that shows up on offense and defense. It shows up in, in your ability to play on special teams, too. Our young guys are continuing to take strides that make you feel like they have an opportunity to go out there and play September 2nd and play at a really high level, too. All right, Shane. So, uh, Coach Heupel keeping it uh, keeping things cool here without a doubt. But uh, mm -hmm. I, I just continue to, to like the message that he is uh, sending out there. Just It's refreshing because it seems like they have a, a football coach that knows what the hell he's doing. <laughs> And then if you compound that with, uh, you know, recent comments from the players and the uh, specifically I'm thinking of the receivers the other day, just keep touting playing in this offense. Um, I, I think these players are really buying into their coach. Yeah, man, that's what you want. I mean, this is a rebuild. We know that, but we've got some great talent on that roster right now. And we, you know, to, to get the most out of them, you got to have these kids play for each other. And there, there shouldn't be a whole bunch of eyes on that. They got to be a team this year. And it looks like, like you said, they're, that they're coming out and you're hearing the same message. And that's, that's, that tells me that the locker room is right. Let's kick it on down to Starkville. Where, man, I just uh, really like these comments here from uh, Will Rogers. You know, we love the pirate Mike Leach, but, uh, he never really gives us much to work with. And whereas Will Rogers completely opposite. Uh, you know, I've been saying for a while now, I think he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And uh, you get you really get a sense of uh, uh, why that is, uh, not just his, his talent on the field, certainly. that I mean, that's the key to it, but just how competitive it, he is. And he doesn't give a damn how many quarterbacks they, they bring in to compete with. He's going to, you know, he'll battle with any of them. And he'll even battle on the ping pong table. Leach said that uh, it was you and obviously Chance like competing for yeah. that that starting job. What's it like competing for a starting job when you're you know your roommate's the other guy that you're yeah, kind of going you know, against? It's awesome. You know we compete in everything we do. You know I was just asking him, uh, did they ask you who the best ping pong player was at the house? Uh, you know that's what we do every night. Me, him, and Austin live together, and uh, we compete in everything you do. Um, so, you know. Are you, are you the best ping pong player in the house? 100%. Really? 100%. Do, you, do you beat them both pretty badly? Or? Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of embarrassing uh, the way I do those guys. Um, 
but you know, like foot on the throat all times. You know, I don't no mercy for these guys. How much more do you feel like you've learned this offense having a, a full, pretty normal off season? Yeah, you know, I feel like it's it's going really well. Uh, you know, kind of just like I've been saying, this offense is just repetition, repetition. Uh, you know, we're not going to change what we do. Uh, you know, execution just has to be there. Um, so, you know, just uh, getting even more reps. You know, I, I got some reps last year, got my feet wet kind of, but, uh, you know, we're coming this year. How much of a, has there been a chip on your shoulder this kind of off season heading into it? Because even going back from the spring game, Mike saying that it's an open quarterback competition. How much of a chip do you have on your shoulder and how much does that kind of fuel your competitiveness? Uh, I mean, even without him saying that, I still have a chip on my shoulder no matter what. Uh, that's who I am and that's who I always will be. Uh, you know, we play at Mississippi State. Uh, you know, we're not Alabama, we're not Clemson or whoever. And uh, so, you know, we always have a chip on our shoulder in everything we do. All right, Shane. So, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, I just get a real sense of, uh, you know, just this guy's kind of command and leadership. And he's the son of a coach. His, his dad was his high school coach down there in the state of Mississippi. And, uh, you know, I think uh, – you know, I think this is their guy, man. I, w I think they should just name him the starter, but I think more than anything, this is Mike Leach just playing his mind games with his quarterback. Yeah, I, I think so. But when they do announce it and, and they make it official, you know, Coach Leach is going to be right behind him 110%. He's going to back his guy. And I, I like this, man. I, I like this side of your quarterback. He's a competitor, man. He competes in everything. So I'm, I'm, that's the guy I want leading my team. And final thing, uh, this is just great. I mean, he's – we can all uh, relate to this. How excited is Will Rogers for the season opener? He said he may cry running out there on the tunnel. I thought this was great. You got Louisiana Tech coming in, home opener. It's going to be more like a more of a normal season this year. How eager are you to get out there in front of 60,000 cowbells? It's all I can think about. You know, going to sleep every night, that's the only thing I can think about is just running out and uh, just hearing those for the first time. I mean, I might – tears of joy coming out of that dang tunnel. I might cry coming out of there. I'm going to be so happy. All right, final thing here, Shane. Let's kick it on Dan real quick to Arkansas. Woo pig! Where, again, you know, not a lot of people are going to sit around and talk special teams uh, on a podcast like this, but Arkansas's got one of the better ones in the SEC when it comes to special teams coordinator in, in Scott Fountain, who uh, most know this, but maybe some don't. He was the uh, special teams coordinator down there at Auburn during the kick six. So, I mean, this guy's been in the SEC a long time, and that's one thing where Arkansas, you know, for all the strides we saw last year, I think overall the special teams, I mean, at times they were just yeah. dreadful. And he talks about, uh, you know, not making excuses or anything, but uh, he just, you know, really pointed to the to the COVID year and, and how that, uh, you know, affected the special teams coaches across the country. And then – you know, much like Sam Pittman, uh, people probably – this is going to be the most kick, talked about kicker we've ever had on this show. But uh, Razorback freshman Cam Little, it sounds like uh, Arkansas got themselves uh, a big-time kicker now. I guess not just Arkansas, but even nationally. How much did the COVID kind of affect the, the weekly disruption special teams play overall? And does it make you all more prepared in case this Delta variant, you know, yeah. crops up this fall? I mean, I think we're more prepared prepare with any kind of protocol they come come to but last year it was kind of my world you know we're getting tested on sunday i believe tuesday and thursday so you know i, I might i might find out on monday i lose a guy i might find out on wednesday i lose a guy but i mean you you can imagine preparing all week and then friday they come in and tell us six guys are out so like last year uh i believe it was an auburn game we, we lost about eight guys and it was really tough so we, <laughs> we're going to that game and i have a Third team, probably fourth team guy that I've worked some at third team that's starting in the game. And th those things are tough, you know. But it's also tough for the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator. But for me, if they lose a guy to them defense or offense, well, that guy had on teams, I might have lost him on a team because he's got to now play more offense or defense. So a little more goes into it on my end. But the, the protocol of it and the testing and all that, I mean, and the Delta variant, you worry about it. And – Hopefully they'll get all that under control, you know, but <coughs> it's different, you know, from anything we've ever done before. Hey, um, Sam told us last week that um, Cam made a, I think, 57-yarder pressure kick that would have, would have been good from 65. So you mentioned today there was a pressure kick. You know, who was the kicker, the length and all that? You said it was good, right? It was good. 
But uh, it, it was good. The, the, that particular kid, well, it was Cam a little at the time in, in that situation. But um, and, and when Pittman gets ready to call a, what we call a tour tour last second or, or put it down somewhere and kick it, it's whoever's up in the order at the time. He doesn't really know. He just make. He's just gonna say, "Hey, let's make the field goal." And it just happened to be Cam was up first that day. Cam was actually up last today in the rotation, but that's when it occurred. So that's kind of that rolls. And what we're gonna try to do here in a week to ten days is kind of settle in on who the guy is, Matthew. All right, Shane. So I mean, again, this is uh, if Arkansas. You know, the big reason why I wanted to play these clips from Scott Fountain was just. You know, I'm not saying anything Arkansas fans don't know, but the special teams were, you know, really bad last year for the most part. Yeah. And there's, they're going to be in so many games, just like they were last year, that it's going to be a one-score game. Yeah. And more often than not, the Razorbacks are going to be going up in these games against teams that, that may have better overall talent. And the only chance you're going to have in games like these are if your special teams is a strength, because if you're hold, if they're holding your team back, uh, that's not going to give the Razorbacks many opportunities to to pull off some upsets like I think they will this year. So uh, I just think that uh, with Scott Fountain, now we got a kicker in place. We got the pieces there building in Fayetteville to where uh, the special teams can go from a liability to a strength of Sam Pittman's program. Yeah, just think about where we started, man. And now we're like. We're fine-tuning this thing and worried about kickers. Sound like Alabama now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, uh, hey, that's all I got on this episode, Shane. I do appreciate you hopping on the line. And uh, you got anything else before we hop off here? No, man. I mean, two weeks away, we're going to have some college football. So I'm ready for that. And uh, I don't know, man. Now that you mentioned how fast the offseason has got now, I feel like this last two weeks is going to drag out. <laughs> So I, I just want my, my guys to get bubble wrapped so they don't get hurt. And uh, I'm looking forward to some kick-ass football this year, baby. Absolutely. And, if, of course, if you made it this far, give us that five-star written review on the Apple Podcast app. Uh, that really helps the show grow, and we give you a free beer koozie yeah. just for doing that. Just reach out to us at the, that SEC podcast at gmail.com. And follow us uh, now on YouTube. We're really growing that thing. So uh, that's just been so much fun spending my time building that thing up. But uh, that's going to do it. That's all I got. I'll catch you on the next one, Shane. All right. See you guys. Go balls. <laughs>